Hello, welcome to The Caring Instinct. We're doing a part two where I'm going to be grilled by Olga to find out a bit more about Compassionate Inquiry and Gabor's latest book, The Myth of Normal. So welcome and take it away, Olga. Going to be like what PMQs, you but better. PMQs of Tigger. Perfect. That is right. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> Lost you there. I started thinking about PMQs. Okay. I that or trigger. <laughs> I just, or both. Um, let's start with a quote. Can I quote Dr. Gabor Matej from the book, please? Go for it. No one can plot somebody else's course of healing because that's not how healing works. And he talks about how everyone's path is individual. And that's why we can't provide possibly a solid structure. It can't be like step one, step two. So my question is, if I were to start a compassionate inquiry therapy course with a compassionate inquiry practitioner, how structured, standardized versus personalized can I expect it to be? Well, yes, it wouldn't be called a course. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't be, um, yeah, it wouldn't be standardized at all. What what it is, is there's some kind of, they're like uh, stepping stones or steps, curiosities, you might say, where the th your therapist might put their attention or inquire about as we work with uh, an intention or something that you want to kind of explore that's going on in your life. So in that way, it's not standardized. It's, well... The inquiries can be repetitive in that way or you might go back to childhood, invite you into your body, notice sensations, emotions, standardise in that sense. But in another sense, every session can be really different. And that's where, it, uh, for me, it, it marries with the language of Gordon Neufeld when he says to come alongside someone. And that quote about healing being, if healing is individual, it's not uh, individualistic. It's not uh, a set way. You do A, B, C. It's really that coming alongside, which we're, we're trying to do as well. And there's the unfolding of healing that, that if it works, comes. Mm -hmm. If it works, it comes. Okay. And then right after saying how there isn't much of a structure, well, I guess I could say there's a path rather than a structure. Would that be right? A path. Maybe I'd go a bit more with a map. With a map. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Path Go. two, still too much for me. Yeah, more okay. than that. And yeah, you go three D. This way to go, this way to go. But it's the client, the clients in charge of going that way. Right. What I loved in the book is where Dr. Gabamate talks about the four A's yeah. of healing. So could we look into that a little bit? Yeah. And the four A's are authenticity, agency, anger, and acceptance. Yeah. So could we start with authenticity, please? What is your concept of it and Dr. Gabamate's concept of it? So my, what I take for, from authenticity, my definition of it would be very simply having your own uh, feelings, having your own experiences, having your own emotions and just having space for them having space for them to to be felt to be maybe noticed to be held to be experienced that is authenticity so the lack of authenticity in our culture that uh, dr mate bemoans it's actually nothing huge you know this dilemma has been there for probably as long as uh, people have been around because if i completely reveal all my emotions 
that will uh, rub someone the wrong way because th th there might be not great feelings about other people and there would be conflict. So to avoid too much conflict, we suppress emotion. Yeah. Uh, so how would we negotiate that space in compassionate inquiry? Or, so, yeah, let me just check. Yeah. The, the question is, it ha I mean, it does happen and it's meant to happen as well. So we're not meant yeah. to, you know, walk around. This is who so I am. Well, I don't and, like you. Yeah. 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 We're also in uh, in society, yeah, with, with, in relationships and whatnot. So what I would say is it, authenticity is not necessarily expressing it as well and sharing it it's if you can have it as well and it makes space for it so let's say someone annoys you but you know they're the shopkeeper in the village and it doesn't need to necessarily need to come out but it's more a case of is that is are you stuck with that suppression is that all you do or can you is there like a dance of it so can you do you make space do you go home and do you share it with your other half or do you talk about it? Does it move? Does it? Do you have a relationship with it, as opposed ah, to is it just uh -huh. always this? This is what I feel. No, we don't have this. And a lot of it is the, maybe the talk that comes after it as well. Maybe you know I was angry at the shop. Maybe I'm a bad person. Mm -hmm. or, you know these things. These it can go anywhere. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe these these kind of beliefs might start to seep in. So we might be curious there. So I suppose what I'm saying is it's the your relationship with authenticity more. Okay. So I'm angry with the shopkeeper and I stuff it down and I still smile at them, which is a perfectly civil way yeah. to be. And then I'm angry with my children and I stuff it down because I don't want to unload on, on them. And I'm angry at my job with my boss and with the whole company and I stuff it down. And if this is the pattern, if I stuff everything down. Yeah. If it's just, yeah. a, if there's just a stuckness about it and that's all, it's like a coping mechanism for it coming up. Whereas maybe there's time when the anger comes and it's a, it's a very healthy, you know, it needs to be expressed in the moment. Does it come then or does it come out later? Like we said, at the end of the day, when you come back and talk about work and you're, you talk about how, frustrated you were with your boss and these kind of dance you might say so that takes us very well to anger it's what you've just mentioned dr Matteo writes about healthy anger mind you before that most of the book describes things that could make one angry for a lifetime the inequality the harrowing consequences of, of it for so many people, how this is a life or death thing and this is so pervasive in our society, that that sometimes has me rage against the whole system and feel so helpless. Mm. And that could easily, you know, take over a person's life. Yeah. So could you tell me where is where is the healthy in it? healthy anger would be in the moment to do with setting up boundaries and one to protect you so you pull a knife on me let's say mm -hmm. my uh, anger comes and it protects me and there's the healthy and then the you notice with it afterwards as well it kind of discharges pretty quickly it goes it moves it comes up and it, it kind of transforms into a, like a, a different kind of energy so if immediately in the moment it has somewhere to go yeah that's it comes it just, up it mm -hmm. can all, almost be released in that this maybe there's, there's something physical happen or you set the boundary it comes and then there is this natural release of the emotion as well 
and it kind of takes you on that journey. And that would be, uh, I think, what he means by healthy anger. In the moment, something that's protecting you. And mm-hmm. one way to think of it, I think, as well, is how you see it in, you know, in animals. With frustration, you know, maybe like dogs is a good one. You see, you know, or ducks. You see them float, floating past each other, peaceful. Get out of my space. Nasty duck fight. And then float away peacefully. And it's oh, like nothing it. that, ever happened. That's, that's done, yes. That's yeah. all being expressed. Rather than everyone's gone to, in their corner and sul- yeah. sulking. Yeah. Until the next time, and the next time is amplified yeah. by all the unexpressed anger. So it's and for humans, for mm. us, and for me, for, for everyone, I think it's very hard. When you know, you can't be like that really purely, and just go. It kind of it always lingers. Like you know, that guy. We'll have that on our mind. Go, well, what just happened to me? You know, that was out of order. These kind of things. It kind of festers a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, some things that are anger-driven are out of order. How do we... So, okay, there's healthy anger that is proportionate to the situation, but there's also a healthy expression of anger. Yeah. Right? So does Compassionate Inquiry go into that? Yeah, we would go into whatever's there and whatever the client Mm -hmm. is interested, you know. Mm -hmm. It might be a case of, Mm -hmm. is anger uh, an issue for you? Is it something you're curious about? And if it is, no, then we might move in. Or is it something that kind of runs your life, perhaps? So sometimes anger really runs people's lives. So, yes. Uh, let's imagine client um, Bob. And anger does run Hello, his life. He just... Uh, yes. He... Maybe he can't express it at work. Or maybe he does express it at work. Maybe... Uh, Client Bob is in a position when he is not afraid to express his anger at work because he is in a superior position, right? So he unloads uh, on um, his inferiors who are all stupid, uh, messing everything up. Uh, he shouts, he's out of control. Uh, the staff retention is extremely poor because at every opportunity people go to another job. Uh, then he shouts at his wife and kids and he does suspect that he's screwing it up. But he's addicted to this rage and he comes to you and says, Joe, I'm ruining my family I'm ruining the life of my employees and I'm ruining my life. But still, I just see red. What would you say to Klein Bob? Well, I don't, it's, I don't think it's about what I would say, but what my intention would be. Yeah. Would be, um, and this is where I like the teachings of Gabor with the teachings of, of Gordon Neufeld as well. Uh-huh. Because it really helps me with the language of, of, of my intention. So what I would do, one of my intentions would be, if he's if, the, if Bob's interested, giving that anger a, a real, like an invitation to exist in the presence of our relationship, giving it, uh, giving it, almost holding it, giving it like kind of a womb to 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 move to be there to explore to be seen and there we come back to that your original quote that it's individualistic and it's not you know there's no step one step two and Mm -hmm. i would just be curious to see what unfolds if we can get that uh, if if i can get that invitation right and that he's uh, happy to come with it and start to explore it because sometimes it's you can have a lot of emotion and it can run your life 
but you're not actually feeling it. You're not actually feeling it. Yeah, you don't not actually close to the sensations of it, or it's not moving. So it might look like it's really, you know, you really anger is very close to you. It's really known, but you know, if you if you ask what happens in your body when when you're angry, you might be. I don't know, or I see red, or it, it, it might be a bit limited. So maybe we could explore that kind of the bodily sensations around it. And what you'll notice is when when that invitation comes and you have that space, it kind of takes you on this journey. And again, we go back to Gordon as well. In, in, in children, when they have tantrums, they go from mad uh, to sad. And it's really important to go on that kind of journey. And what happens when it does start to move uh, you're you're really close to it and it, authentically feeling it then maybe sadness comes up for you or uh, a hole or emptiness or something underneath it and it's really important to be able to feel what's after and that's where the the unfolding comes so did i understand correctly that you would invite bob zanger into your relationship with him yeah okay you know is it okay for it to be here now and just let well, it be of course it is and because it Joe's a stupid therapist who's just wasting my money yeah says Bob says Bob yeah and, and you we, say we explore that. what's happening or I might say well you're still coming <laughs> Well, that's because I want to get rid be, of it. Would it. All be our, yeah, it would be our it will be our dance together. Uh huh. It's, it's hard to do to do the language, but I can do the I can give you my intention at the time. Because again, it's not uh, it's not scripted what we do. It's not uh, you know someone says that. Oh, I know. I'm going to say this. It's very uh, you're close to your intuition. What what do you think will follow? You might just someone might say you might just let it sink in. And let it notice. We don't know. We don't know where we're going to go. I can see how you would be so comfortable and skillful at doing this. Yes, I can totally see that. <laughs> okay, thank you for indulging me and Bob. So, what are the? You know, we went straight to anger because it's the obvious one when we say what we suppress to get along with people. But yeah. we suppress other emotions as well. Yeah. Anger what seems to be a, a big, uh, a very, you know, it's a popular, but it's like <laughs> easy to see one on the surface. Mm. It's, it's very, uh, it can be very close. But yeah, there's lo lots of emotion. Another common one, sadness. Um, mm -hmm. and, and all the different kind of variations of those as well. We suppress sadness. Yeah. Would you? you? This is where yeah. we come back to child okay. development as well. Very often you might hear, you know, don't be sad. Mm -hmm. Someone uh, falls down and it's, it's okay. As in, this is how you should feel. Do you see what I mean? So even though very subtle, it's kind of maybe taking you away from, you know, what they're feeling. Maybe, it, maybe it's painful. Maybe it's sad. Maybe it's devastating. Maybe it, if you can come close, if you can come closer to them as a parent in that in your relationship as well, come closer, then that's where things can start unfolding for children as well. So where and there's we... a lot of safety mm. in that as well, because you know life will be 
life is going to be tough life is life's going to all the emotions going to experience in life we're not going to go through avoiding any of these so if you can experience them first in that relationship as a parent and and if you have a parent who goes basically says it's okay to feel that way and invites it into the relationship then it sets the it sets their own relationship with it as they develop i was going to play devil's advocate there but now i completely agree with what you what happened <laughs> i was going to say but what if sadness takes over if i give it space what if i'll be sad forever yeah like you'll be like you're concerned that might happen mm. i might say are you curious to see and then see i'm afraid to see yeah well then there's another emotion to explore <laughs> we might go there <laughs> i love that and they all mix in so you'll you see how it would be like a dance yeah yeah you feel I like you're that. getting away from it but you're <laughs> there's no getting away yeah let's move on to my favorite agency is it a, is it an emotion what's it for you there's definitely a feeling to it there's a feeling to when i have agency over something and when i'm feeling helpless so I suppose it could be but it's more of an action for me yeah it's not a word i use much as well i have come to mind but for me it's um taking up relationship with something when you take up relationship you can you have that kind of maybe you're taking up relationship you're in charge of something or you're responsible or this kind of thing you work your way uh, into it as well and there's that with that comes that agency of i can create space for this or you know sadness doesn't take over forever or and you find and there's like kind of this mastery in it when you know your emotions is that what you're saying no, so yeah when... not when you have agency with somebody as well you're really in relationship with it and like right relationship as well dr mate talks about responsibility as in as our ability to respond yeah response which is ability. yeah yeah uh, which is where agency is so i'll quote nor can we wield agency when we react with automatic opposition to other people's demands knee-jerk creativity leaves no room for responsibility or what in our first chapter we called response flexibility a capacity trauma greatly impairs So he's saying that someone who's experienced a lot of trauma will have less of that ability to respond uh, to choose how to react they're more reactive. Yeah. So what would their path out be map? Their map. Yeah, big question. <laughs> Being uh that having that response ability and i think you said in the quote that if with with trauma it's a mark of it is you're much less likely to have that responsibility mm -hmm. things just kind of take over things just kind of move within you or that something get you often hear the word uh, trigger to mm -hmm. be triggered as well and um uh, it's associated with these kind of uh, responses so what would the what would the way out be the way out is kind of the way in for me So how can we make space for those triggers for what's going on for you in the moment and for and to let the 
same as what I was saying with that, to let the let the reaction take place in uh, a safe relationship, safe container of a relationship, and just let it be there and see what unfolds. And my intent, my intention as well, would always be the same. How do you how do you give it space within that relationship? So walk into the storm. Yeah. So you walk into the storm for a living. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Maybe not straight away. Sometimes you dance towards it. But yeah, that's the intention. Sometimes you play into yeah. create a smaller storm. Yeah. And it, it can go quite uh quite uh deep quite quickly. But we'd always ask for uh permission. You know, is this something you want to do? Right. See where the curiosity is. You're a courageous person, Joe. Acceptance. Yeah. Is the the fourth A. Yeah. So what would that mean for me? That might be something that comes at the end of this journey. Why does it come? Because it kind of there's also like it's like a completion to it. It happens, and then you can really see see it for what it is. Uh, see, you know the the compassion and, and compassion inquiry. You often hear the de definition: calm is with, passion means to suffer, so mm. it's to suffer with. Um, and you can maybe you suffer with yourself or in in the relationship, and we just there comes an acceptance of. Uh, with that and that circles round to the authenticity again and lets you be more authentic with it and everything can just start moving a bit more. Could we say that acceptance is why sadness won't take over forever? Go on, we just said it, so you can. But tell me more. Acceptance is where sadness is bringing us. Yeah, it kind of comes with it, doesn't it, mm -hmm. I'd say. The mm -hmm. sadness, in a sense... When you've got there, acceptance is there already. Yeah, yeah. It kind of comes together. It does. And like, well, Gordon, you, he would call it the, uh, finding your futility, wouldn't it? Finding your futility and adaptation. Of, uh, another way of acceptance, really, isn't it? Yes, an amazing ability of our brain to accept what we can't change and yeah. live with it and move on. Or, or not move on. There are sadnesses we will never move on from and we wouldn't want to. If it's a sadness about losing someone, the, kind of, the sadness is your connection to them even. So you wouldn't want to get rid of it. But it's not that scary to have it in your life, actually. So what might someone who has gone into their own storm with you and come out the other way, what might they be like as a person and as a parent, someone who has experienced compassionate inquiry? What might they be like afterwards? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. if, it, if it's been a useful journey for them, mm -hmm. the chances are that they'll be more connected with themselves, being more connected with their own experiences, that response ability that you talk about. Will, will be more alive. They might be able to feel more. Is it a good thing? Yes and no. <laughs> yes, in that you know that's what living's about, and knowing well they're gonna they might f they'll feel uncomfortable things. But what happens normally 
Well, what you might notice is one of the basic defences to stop feeling. And why do we stop feeling if something's overwhelming or uncomfortable or it's just too much? And it's great that we can do that. It's great. But we get stuck not feeling. And it's not just the uncomfortable feelings that go down. You get a lot of people say that they don't feel joy. They lose their playfulness. They lose things, just get lost. And there's a whole, um, you know, depression. The whole process of depression is to, to depress, to, to, to not feel, is that kind of coping mechanism in itself. So if you come out the other side being able to feel more, then you, you also notice you start feeling the other, the, the more pleasant feelings in life. The vitality might come back a bit. Joy, these kind of things come with it as well. And things are less likely to be as stuck. And you said when we act on an emotion, we're not necessarily feeling it, paradoxically almost, like Bob who shouts at everyone, he might not actually be feeling his anger. Yeah. So there's not a chance that... And here's an example, you know, when someone says, um, when you ask someone and they say, I'm not angry, we've heard someone say that, that's a classic example, so they're not, anger's there, obviously, everyone can see it, but... The per just the person can't feel it at the time and they can't feel it, they can't see it they're it's detached from it which means there's no agency yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the big question how would you change the approach to mental health in general in this country if you could do anything yes, if you could do What do you think is going the, in the wrong direction at the moment and what needs to happen? Well, one of the things I would like uh, us to go uh, more in the direction of is bringing, bringing uh, people back into the, to the care, to the responsibility of their communities, their families, of you know, the, uh, bringing people back into smaller-knit relationships with communities essentially i think that would be that would make a huge difference and and But, less mm. in less down the route of you know what's happening for you is the expert go that way there's a detachment in that route but there's um the extended family and the community are so often a source of trauma yes and that doesn't mean we need to be um yeah it's a tough one <laughs> It's a tough one. It's never going to be, uh, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're going to put you in a community and stay there. It's, it's always going to be something live. Because the NHS is um, at breaking point that they just haven't got the capacity uh, to help people with quite serious, sometimes mental health problems anymore. And they just send them back in the community with very little support. And the yeah. community doesn't know what to do. The community, everyone's sort of, oh, that's none of my business. Yeah, part of what I'd want to do as well is kind of empower communities as well to mm -hmm. take that responsibility and, and to know that there will be, they might be the best bet uh, of some of these, some, some of these people. Empower everyone to be walking towards the storm. Yeah. And that's not why I, I like. Well, I think that's why I like working with children and young. And young, it's not young parents of young children. Parents of young children. And um, why? Because that's where, for me, you can really do that. Uh, set the relationship for children to be able to, 
you know, have a relationship with that storm that you talk about. And that would that can set them up for life. So if parents make space for those stormier emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're, that's just, you know, they're here as a, th- as a two-year-old, as a three-year-old. They're all there given to you. Here are, here are all my tantrums, you know, so they're all open. There is a lot of pressure at that age uh, for parenting and stuff like that. But at the same time, there's much less pressure than if they're doing, or maybe not pressure, but if they're doing that, the similar storms are happening much older t- uh, teenagers where it's m- just much more, you know, dangerous things that can happen. It's kind of thing. So it, in many ways, that's the safest time to do it. Yes, because it's what you see. If if there is a tantrum in a two-year-old, if what you're seeing is frustration, you act in one way. If what you're seeing is they're out of order, uh, we should teach them a lesson. They shouldn't be behaving like that. If what you're seeing is inappropriate behavior, uh, you will be trying to stifle that rather than make space yeah, for it to pass in the year. Yeah, for, and for the and 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 then and the same happens with Bob if I suppose if you're seeing if you think what a yeah. not a great and really person. on that level these things these they just happen to us, don't they? There's not uh the roads closed, I can't get through here. Oh, what could I do? I could get frustrated or I could get not or I could just whatever, it just happens on that level, just they they happen to us. But they're not uh uh, choices so that the only thing we can have that agency is with our relationship with what's happening and to do that <laughs> it needs to have that invitation to to be there in the first place even though it's there ironically it's there anyway so yeah emotions are a force of nature they just happen it's our relationship yeah. with them that we have agency over yeah especially if we're given uh, given an opportunity to have a good tantrum as a two-year-old let them come <laughs> thank you so much joe i loved it thank you thank you very much for listening i loved this interview with joe a compassionate inquiry practitioner and we've got great, we think they are great. We've, we've got exciting plans for you uh, next year. So please join us on our Facebook and Instagram, The Caring Instinct, and uh, tune in after Christmas. We wish you a happy and restful holiday break. And we'll be back in January. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas.